pleased to be here with Helen Spicer today. Helen works for the Blue Cross in the educational department and could you tell us a bit about your role please Helen? Um, yeah so I'm an education officer for Blue Cross. Um, a large chunk of my role is going into schools normally and doing talks for uh, children of all ages from three up to 18 and even adults as well um, and we do those talks on a whole range of subjects, uh, pet care, being safe around dogs, mm -hmm. uh, the history of Blue Cross, we have um, talks that are more uh, specific for our animal welfare students and students doing animal management. So we do things like um, working in animal welfare for them, sometimes dog law. Okay. Um, so quite a range. At the moment though, it's all virtual. So it's all online at the moment. Yeah. Tell us that we always support volunteers as well who would like to do something similar. So it's training and interviewing and supporting them in their role as well. Yeah, so I've been scheduling you on a few talks. I'm doing my first one after a while next week to a scouts group in Gloucestershire. So online. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Good luck. Um, are you, thank you. <laughs> um, how many kind of talks do the Blue Cross do, do you think, a year? So um, I can't remember the actual number of talks we do a year, but I remember we were very pleased last year that we hit over 100,000 children. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Um, yes, yeah, so that was what was being reported at the time. So that will equate into hundreds of talks. Um, I can't remember how many it was exactly, but uh, we had smashed our target. And I think we ended up at about 120,000 children that we saw that year. Oh, wow, that's brilliant. Really good. Um, so what are the animals um, who have been kind of most influential to you, do you think, in, in your time at Blue Cross? Is there anyone that, that stands out? Um, well, for me, it's always going to be the dogs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am quite a dog person. Um, but I, I don't think I could actually choose one. Sure. I think that all so lovely in their own way they all bring their own stories um so i think it would be really hard just to choose one but even choosing a type of animal actually is quite hard yeah. it's a little easier for me just because i am such a dog person but just choosing one of those um really hard yeah, because the Blue Cross look after lots of different animals. They do. I mean, everything, we always say everything from a hamster to a horse. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, we are many, many different animals brought in every year. Yeah. When you started your career, was it five years ago? I started with Blue Cross five years ago, um, but I started working in animal welfare education 12 years ago. Oh, okay. So originally with the RSPCA, I was an education advisor for them for six years. Yeah. I went to Cats Protection for a year. Oh, cool. And then um, did a swap to Blue Cross. Um, I had always fancied working for Blue Cross, so yeah. I was really pleased when I saw a role had come up in my area. Yeah. What kind of one thing do you wish you'd known maybe when you first started working in education? I think probably um just to know that you don't need to know everything 
and there is so much to learn about animals um and of course when you're going in to do talks and and children in particular you never know what they're going to see next what they're going to ask yeah so um I think just realizing that it's fine to say, oh, do you know, that's such a good question. I don't know the answer to that, but I will find out. Yeah. And in fact, I've been doing very similar work now for 12 years. And I had to do that last week when I got asked a very specific question about horses, which is not my speciality at all. So I had to uh, go and get in touch with a couple of horse people on our team and say, uh, can you answer this question for me? And I emailed them back, which they were really pleased with that. Yeah. You know, I'd got the answer in the end. Yeah, I bet you've been asked some funny things by children. You know what? I do get asked some funny things, but I mean, it's just the things that come out with as well. I mean, it, it does make um, the role really enjoyable because you never know what they're going to say next. And um, it does make you laugh a lot. Yeah, I, I, I interviewed on the ladies, Martha, she's a volunteer and she oh, said yes, someone yeah. asked her, I think it was, do Blue Cross look after crocodiles? <laughs> <laughs> Which they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough. <no>. Yeah. <laughs> so why is it important to the Blue Cross to do these talks, would you say? Well, I am a real believer in what makes a difference is education. Mm-hmm. And you can spend an awful lot of money picking up the pieces after something terrible has happened. Yeah. But surely it would be far better if the terrible thing never happened in the first place. And the only way that you can make a difference there is to educate. Yeah. Um, I used to have a volunteer who had been one of our vets and she was taking a career break because she had young children. And she said that she wanted to volunteer in the education department because she was so sick of seeing problems in the veterinary surgery that were preventable if only the owners had known a little bit more about um, how to care for this animal. Had a little bit more knowledge. And of course, the time when you make a difference uh, when children are most likely to take on and remember a message is primary school yeah that's when they are the most receptive when um they're like little sponges and uh, you tell them these messages and they go home and they tell their parents mm-hmm. so it is a really really good time it's it is so easy to get messages across to children that they will remember mm-hmm. um, and that or sometimes feel the older people get the more um, stuck in their ways, the, the more ideas they've got, they've always done it this way, and the less likely they are to listen to anything that's different to what they think is the right way. So um, I think if we want to have better pet care in the future, the whole um, idea is to have better educated young people who know how to care for their pets better. Yeah. And we won't have as many problems. Yeah, yeah. no, it's really important. What kind of groups do you look after to do the talks to? I know you mentioned schools and scouts. And yeah, um, so it's all the uniformed groups. Yeah. The rainbows, your brownies, your guides, and uh, the same with the beavers, cubs, and scouts. Your schools, I would say we do, it must be about 
of talks usually is to schools. Yeah. Slightly different at the moment because we are getting so many requests for digital talks yeah. for the, um, the uniformed groups. Mm -hmm. um, so we're probably on about 50-50 at the moment. About 50% of our talks are uniform groups, which is really high. It's not normally that high. Mm -hmm. um, we've got the colleges as well. So colleges that teach animal management and animal care. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to do those. We talk, do talks to... Um, Adults, you know, your WI. Oh, yeah. And the history talks are very popular with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whole range of ages and interests, um, which is what I like about the job, actually, because you've got a lot of different talks that you adapt to different ages and um, interests. So it makes every day different. Yeah. Because all the talks are free. Is that right? Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, it's nice if we get a donation. And I yeah. find um, a lot of the WI and a lot of the uniform groups actually often will make a donation, but we don't ask for that. Yeah. Um, but a lot want to because a lot of people charge when they go and talk to them and, and they can't quite believe we're free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't get so many... Um, contributions from schools because obviously the schools don't have any money but what they will often ask for is a fundraising pack and we can send those out to schools and then at a later point they'll do a bit of fundraising for us so oh, it's all raising awareness that we exist and that we might be worth raising a bit of money for because we help all these animals yeah it must be really expensive to run the charity and i'm guessing you don't get any government funding no, no, no government funding at all. And I think um, it's it's about 20 million a year it costs wow. the charity. So yeah, it's um, a lot of money going out. Um, I think a lot of the money as well, um, it's expensive for the veterinary care, you know, the hospitals yeah. and things, um, as well as all the rehoming and everything that goes with running a large charity. Yeah. Is it four hospitals that you've got? Yeah. yeah. Four hospitals, 14 rehoming centres. And then we've got six clinics as well where we work in partnership with the um, a private practice. So anyone who's on benefits, um, they could become one of Blue Cross's patients, if you like, within that private practice. And therefore, right. it would be nice if we got a donation, but we don't actually charge. Right. Yeah, because I imagine with this current situation with redundancies and things that pe that inevitably people aren't going to, because it's private healthcare paying, mm. if they haven't got insurance, then yeah, they really need the support of the, the Blue Cross if their pet's unwell. Yeah, same. I, I think it's a, a really important thing because just because you don't have any money or that you've lost your job or you're on benefits doesn't mean you love your pet any less and why yeah. should they suffer just because um you're in a situation you weren't expecting yourself to be in of course. Um, i mean unfortunately we don't cover the whole country but wherever we put a new clinic it is always somewhere where we don't have any cover currently and there's no other or uh, the RSPCA. Oh, sorry, we just lost you there slightly. Oh, right, sorry. You mentioned um, cover. Um, you don't cover the whole country, uh, but the RSPCA do. No, but... Oh, sorry, I don't know. No, unfortunately, it, it is... 
definitely a national lottery over whether you can get free pet care if you're not working. So the RSPCA has a few hospitals. The PDSA has the most hospitals. Yeah. And then uh, we have hospitals and clinics as well. So wherever we open a new clinic, there is no other charity. We're trying to kind of cover as much of the country somehow with a charity as we possibly can. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really great that you're, you know, you're continuing to be there for for pets in, in need and so yeah helping they, their people as well um, how can people book an educational talk or help the blue cross and um, well for an educational talk um, you could either just email education at bluecross.org.uk or if you go onto the website which is just bluecross.org.uk um, you can look up education within there in one of the first sections under education actually says book and education talk okay, and cool, all of the details are sent there. <laughs> and then it will be allocated by our marketing manager uh, sue who sorts out who gives which talks brilliant okay thanks so much helen well have a good day and um yeah thanks for all you're doing to help the blue cross yeah. and all your hard work yeah. Thank you very much for raising awareness of us. Thank you very much, Lisa. Thank you. Bye.